0: To navigating the cancer maze with Grace Goller, Dealing with cancer is by no means easy to handle, but our program aims to make it easier through knowledge. Whether you've been recently diagnosed, are going through treatment right now, or are a survivor, our program will have points that you should hear. And by sharing our stories together, we'll make it truly a life-changing experience that you don't have to go through alone. Now, here is your host... Grace Gawler. Hi, and welcome to the show.
1: I'm Grace Gawler, and I'm here again to help you navigate the cancer maze. This week, I'm going to focus on transforming your life through the journey of cancer, and we're going to have a focus on stress reduction. Remember, in my own life, for 38 years, I've worked with people with cancer and help them to navigate the cancer maze. In fact, I've worked with 14,000 plus people. So it's their wisdom that I share with you throughout these programs. But to start with today, um, I'd like to uh, discuss some questions from listeners to the show. Um, I had an email from Jeannie who lives in Texas and she writes to me and says, I was diagnosed with breast cancer recently and I'm really stuck in the maze. It's not an uncommon thing. There are so many options and so much pressure from family and friends. They're all telling me to be positive, but I just don't feel positive about anything anymore. Can you help? Well, Jeannie, I have replied to you by uh, email as well, but I think your question is is fairly pertinent to what a lot of people experience in this more new age approach to healing. So my answer to you would be, it's really natural in life to have highs and lows. And one key issue that I found over the years with clients when they're diagnosed with cancer is now this throwaway line from friends and family, just stay positive, you'll be okay. So said with good intention, of course, um, people don't realize that the enormous pressure that's actually placed on patients to keep positive and happy and therefore to keep everyone else happy. Um, So I think you can really overload on positive thinking and it's it's become quite a, a cliche and it is a trap for the unwary. So Jeannie, I'd really encourage you to be just real with your emotions and your feelings and not to spend too much energy propping up others who are well so if you bottom out for a few days here and there I think that's completely normal if you have long-term bottom outs that's called depression and that might need some attention so I suggest if you want to explore this further um particularly for women who are dealing with breast cancer, I've written a book called Women of Silence, The Emotional Healing of Breast Cancer. It was originally written in '94 in and been reprinted since. That book is actually available in an e-book and it does cover a lot of these areas that we've been talking about on the show, so you might find that helpful. The other one is Survivor's Secrets, which is an e-book about um, how to meet the challenges and it also covers a number of things that are in this program. So at the uh, at the end of the day my best advice be real be authentic and, and be true to yourself. But um on the other hand I think when cancer's the illness uh, it's it's really easy to just focus on the cancer and um this is perhaps where the positive thinking uh, comes into play. So many patients actually forget how much of them still functional. In many ways, we live in a, a society that looks at what's wrong with people instead of what's right with people. And uh, I think when you can change that focus a little bit too, Jeannie, this might be of help to you. So it's not that we put away anything that's serious uh, or in denial, but it's just a matter of actually putting it into perspective. Um, as I've mentioned uh, in previous programs for myself, I've actually had the majority of my colon removed, um, some small bowel as well. And I went from overnight being a really healthy person uh, to becoming ill after this routine surgical procedure where I sustained nerve damage which caused me to eventually lose my bowel function. So as a consequence, that's why my colon had to be removed. And I really found it helpful to focus on what was right with me instead of what was wrong with me and how I could support and encourage that process. So I think for anybody who's struggling with this area of uh, positive thinking, um, sometimes it's helpful to accentuate the positive without overdoing it. So, um, you know, I chose not to focus on my losses as it would have been uh, quite detrimental to my situation. So I think it's all things in balance, uh, Jeannie, and I hope that answer's been of help to you and some of the listeners. But do, do beware of positive thinking because it can just put a glaze over real-life events that actually need to be dealt with in the psycho-oncology of dealing with cancer. So my second uh, email, which was of interest, was from Jonathan, who lives in LA. And he writes to me, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer five years ago. She's been okay until recently, but was re-diagnosed two months ago with bone and liver cancer. Her doctor said her chances are not good and she wants to try alternative medicine as she feels that surgery and chemo have let her down last time. Is there any harm in this and if it were your mum, what would you do? Well, big question. So Jonathan and anyone else out there who's in this situation – First and foremost, I'd suggest you look at the three stages of healing model, and we're going to have a look at stage three of that model today. So if if you've missed one of the last two programs, I suggest you go back and have a listen to those programs. Um, it's really important not to panic, for you and mum not to panic, and uh, bad choices. We know that often bad choices are made in desperation. So think clearly set down your plan we've talked before about making a business plan which is a health restoration plan and to logically go through and sort out the wheat from the chaff as they say and make the plan of how you can set about recovery who you're going to see um, what you're going to do the choices that you're going to make secondly I'd suggest you listen to the interview with uh, Dr. Ursula Jakob from the Halvang Clinic. Uh, This was in uh, the first program, and I think if you've missed that program, Jonathan, you'd find it really useful for you and your mum to sit down and have a listen. Um, She gives a very good overview in that interview of personalized cancer medicine, and I think what you might be finding help from is to get an oncologist on side and some other practitioners who can really look at this personalized situation for your mum. First time around cancer is a very different thing to uh, be dealing with than second time around cancer. And if you haven't dealt with things in the, first, uh, in the first stage when you've had your cancer diagnosed, sometimes all of those things can just come rocketing in and really... Um, and really give you a knock, uh, a knock, a shock, and really interfere with your life. Um have a look also at um, www.germancancertreatments.com. That's our other um, Halvang site from the Grace Gawler Institute. And on there you'll see some videos, uh, one of a lady called Denny and another a lady called Michelle, both who have been in your mum's situation and have come through it and, and out the other side. And I think when we can find genuine inspiring stories of patients that have recovered, it's really very helpful for the soul. It's really helpful for the spirit. And I think your mum would find those videos really uplifting. So that's www.germancancertreatments.com. Now, there's many ways of approaching um, this cancer situation in terms of the what you're going to do next. There is a genetic test that's available. And that can be very helpful for people, particularly who are dealing with secondaries, because it can help you to find targeted treatments, uh, conventional treatments and some of the complementary treatments towards treating secondary cancer. The test's done through a group uh, in America called RGCC. You can look them up on the web or you can get in touch with me and I can give you some contacts there. Uh, Important that your oncologist, and I do believe you do need an oncologist, I'd really encourage your mum not to do the alternative route um, here because oncology is changing and it does have far better treatments even five years on from when your mum was going through this situation. Um, So, yep, look, it's important to collaborate uh, so that everyone knows what your mum's doing. And if finance allows do look at treatments in Germany. Um, it's very good to do the German treatments if, um, if you've got the finance and, and the uh, ability to go overseas. Don't leave it until it's too late because so often people wait until, oh, well, this is the last thing I'm going to try. It's better if it's done earlier so I hope that helps you Jonathan in making some decisions um, along with your mum and please don't hesitate to get in touch with me again if you need further direction but you should be able to navigate the maze I think from that little bit of help so if we look at a little bit of revision here um, If you've been paying attention over the last few programs which i hope you have it is worth going over these stages again because they are the stages upon which the foundation of your recovery is built if you don't know where you're going if you're stuck in the maze and you're confused and you haven't got direction Um, it's pretty hard to to find out where to go and what to do. So we've talked about stage one and we're going to go back um, after our break and actually look at some of the issues from stage one and particularly stress and how to overcome it. So that's going to be a real focus in the transformational process in today's program. Uh, if we look at stage two, the bridge crosses from stage one to stage two, and you drop off a lot of the things that were in stage one when you reach stage two because your motivation's changed. What you're doing becomes a lifestyle. You're making good choices, and you're, you're beginning to really rebuild your life, and you're not taken away by fear. And in stage three, we note that the position of your illness takes a lesser stage in your life. You're either living very well with your illness or you may be even in remission. So mindfulness, innate trust and faith. People often say in this stage that I'm really okay. I don't mind whether I live or die because I'm living so well. Um, Self-mastery certainly comes into your life again. Uh, boundaries, living authentically and true to yourself, very important. And that's what came um, out of our first question there with uh, Jeannie. Um, many patients say that they felt that a key, the just one thing, key to their recovery, was finding themselves and living true to themselves. I think Albert Schweitzer had a great saying, and he said, illness never stayed with me too long. I was too inhospitable a host. So by the time you get into this stage three um, – It seems as if you've become an inhospitable host to your disease. Your life becomes more easeful and you do what I call living your life as a martial art. So we're about to take a break, a short break. You are listening to Grace Gawler on Navigating the Cancer Maze on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. And for more information about the Grace Gawler Institute, you can visit our website at grayschowlerinstitute.com. We'll be back soon.
0: Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490 7443 Opinions,
2: options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: are tuned into navigating the cancer maze with your host grace goller we'd love to hear from you today on our program please call us toll free from north america at 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 international callers may dial in to 480-553-5759 You may also send an email to institute at gracegaller.com. Now, back to Navigating Mm -hmm. the Cancer Maze.
1: Hi, and welcome back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. We've been talking about stage three of the three stages of healing model, which is one of the original models I put together from working with so many cancer patients over so many years. So... This uh, session, I'd really like to focus on stage three and how you actually achieve stage three of your healing journey. Now, one of the things that patients have said to me repeatedly when I've asked them, what is the just one thing that you would like to change, if you could change one thing in your life? And so commonly, people say, it's my response to stress that stress for me is really the, the biggest issue. It seems to thread its way all through my life and there's absolutely nothing that I seem to be able to do about it. Well, you can't change the stress that's coming towards you quite often, but one thing you can do is learn some techniques to actually manage stress so that it doesn't become such a big part of your life and such a controller um, again, it's, it's good to be true to who you are and to be your natural self. But when it comes to stress, stress can really start to rule who you are as a person. It makes all kinds of physiological and biological changes, especially changes in hormones. And there are cascades of amazing amounts of chemicals when you're in a negative stress situation. Now some of the stress that you can have in your life you might call as positive stress and uh, positive stress has a really good impact. If someone's going on a roller coaster for instance and they're really scared of the roller coaster, the impact of that roller coaster ride is actually going to be a negative stress impact. If someone can go on a roller coaster and go, whoopee, this is the best thing that, uh, you know, I've been waiting for years to go on this roller coaster, and this is going to be so exciting. Their response is actually quite different in the cascade of chemicals that they have. So it's really worthwhile in this stage three, um, looking at how you can learn to live your martial art life and how you can learn to have some self-mastery, because really once you're in this stage... It's the most important stage for your recovery. And I've seen people live well with, you know, quite advanced secondary cancer for many, many years because they've been at peace with themselves and uh, they may not even have achieved remission. Sometimes people have had tumors just stop growing. Um, sometimes tumors have just slowly grown and people have been so at peace with themselves that they're ready to sort of take on whatever life really throws at them. So I'd like to talk with you about examining, first of all, um, your attitude to stress, because basically it comes back to a choice of how we deal with these key stressful issues in our life. So for yourself, as you're listening to this program today, think about how stress actually impacts your life, and what you could do, what you could do to be empowered to actually dispel the effects of stress. So, you know, you can learn to go along day to day and you can learn to roll with the punches. You can develop some resilience by paying attention, however, to how you consciously deal with each situation during your day. When stressful episodes build up, it is cumulative and at the end of the day, then you need a lot of self-care and a lot of healing and recovery time to deal with the negative effects of stress. And I often uh, say in my groups that I'm amazed that I see people, you know, who get very stressed throughout the day and then at the end of the day go to the yoga or go to massage or go to Tai Chi and they actually de-stress then, but throughout the day, the stress builds up again and they never really get more added on. So they miss the value-add effect of those techniques that they're doing to de-stress. In other words, they're, um, I guess you could say that they're doing damage control at the end of the day. And instead of doing damage control, what we're talking about here in the program today is how to put deposits in your anti-stress bank account. And they will certainly add up to the end of the week where you've got good credit. And when you've got good credit, remember that's how you become the inhospitable host. And it's how life becomes better. Life managing stress is better whether you've got cancer or not. So if you're listening today, you don't have cancer, um, you know, you may have a heart condition or you may be basically well, but know that stress is affecting you. There's some really good techniques that we're going to talk about here. So you can't eradicate stress from your life. What you can do is learn to manage it. Like it's, it's a fire. I mean, stress can be a good servant but a bad master. Um, if a bus is coming down the road, you want to have your flight or fight response going and you want to get out of the way pretty quickly. But if you take the stress of that home with you, that's a very different thing. So in other words, say the bus has come along, it almost hits you and you go, oh, that was just the most horrible experience. That bus nearly hit me. You tell 10 people, you go home at the end of the day, you're still obsessing about how the bus nearly hit you. That's how you get the build up of chronic stress. So we tend to learn how to relive and to relive stressful events and they become quite negative impacts to our health. So we, talked in uh, phase one of the, um, the stage one of the three stages of healing about how stress can really impact and how you can get stressed trying to get unstressed. This relates to the flight or fight response. Now originally flight or fight response was designed uh, internally as a mechanism. It's an instinctual response that heightens your senses. In other words, for the rapid movement to get out of the way of the bus. And it can also give people incredible feats of strength, like the car falls on someone and someone comes along and suddenly they've got all this strength to pick the car up off the person. So it's a very powerful thing and it can really charge our body with adrenaline. Interestingly, the fight or flight response is activated by fear. So um, this fear is what has the profound effect on the body. And you'll get some symptoms when you have this fear response. Sometimes for people, it's a pounding heart, sweaty palms, um, shallow, rapid breathing, blood pressure goes up, or you can get various hormonal responses, especially um, hot flushes. So as humans have evolved you know, our stresses have changed substantially. We don't have to get out of the way of the saber-toothed tiger anymore who's trying to make a meal of us. But now we've got new stresses, different stresses, stresses about all the mod cons, which in theory should make our lives simpler. And instead of the saber-toothed tiger, we find it's actually replaced by debts we owe, unwelcome responsibilities, difficulties with children, dysfunctional marriages, and our battles are often fought on the freeways at the end of a stressful day or in our home. Um, The opposite of the flight or fight response, which is where we're going from stage one to stage three in the three stages of healing model. The stage three is more about the relaxation response. It's the opposite of the flight or fight response. And I think this response is best described as a natural state of letting go. Last week's program was called Going with the Flow, and we used the metaphor of the river and uh, Pip Cornall actually talked about uh, in that show how if someone fell out of the raft and they panicked that they had difficulty and could often drown in the river but if they went with it and if they relaxed and they laid back and they went down the river they'd often be okay and this is a very good metaphor. So the relaxation response itself if you want to try it it's really experienced best as a deep outward sigh or breath. So taking a big breath in and then a big release of the breath out with the sound of ah. And that's that letting go. That letting go is a very, very important aspect of the stress relax response. You can do this anywhere. You can do it in your car, you can do it while you're at the dentist. And in fact, if you start bringing these things into your day, you'll find that it's not so hard at the end of the day. You won't have that build-up of chronic stress because you can practice this relaxation response right throughout your day. And in fact, for anybody who's dealing with illness, this is a far better way than classically sitting down and doing sessions of, say, meditation. Because the sessions of meditation often don't filter into your day. Now, several years ago, I had the pleasure of uh, working with Olivia Newton-John. And I taught her a technique called time gaps. And time gaps is where you put these little mini relaxation responses into your day. And it really starts to make a difference as to how you live your day. She said it was one of the best things and one of the simplest things that she had learned and she described it like putting deposits into an energy bank account so that you could be filled up throughout the day and not feeling exhausted and it was one of the techniques that really helped her to get through. So most of us do react unconsciously to stress bring some consciousness to the fact when you notice you're getting these sweaty palms, there's a change in your body chemistry. Because only you can notice what stresses you and when it stresses you. And only you can be really empowered to actually do something about that stress. So I'd really encourage you, to look very, very carefully at how you're managing stress in your life and to start building this into your health restoration plan. Remember fear can be a a potent stressor, um, but we don't want to let fear take us over. Fear also does have um, a positive side. It can really get you motivated and get you going, but fear can be one of the obstacles that allows you to find meditation, um, response from meditation, relaxation, and letting go. And when you can actually apply these things to your life, you're just going to find out that your life is so much better. Another thing you can try are circuit breakers, and a little bit like the uh, time gaps that I taught to Olivia Newton-John, Um, These little circuit breakers are like these little mini relaxation response exercises. And you can try putting those throughout your day with just simply doing the breath. Nothing else but just doing the breath. When you're doing the time gaps, it's actually important to remember that you're finishing one task before you start another. And in that way, you don't carry over chronic stress into the next thing that you do and into your life. Now, we're about to take another short break. I'm Grace Gawler, and you're listening to Navigating the Cancer Maze on Voice America's Health and Wellness channel. We'll be back shortly, and for any information about the work we're talking about today, you can visit my website at gracesgawlerinstitute.com.
2: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Holvung Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240.
2: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Guller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze.
1: Hi, I'm Grace Gawler and we're back with Navigating the Cancer Maze and particularly today talking about stress and how to do some effective stress reduction. Many people are confused about meditation and relaxation and how one interacts with the other. Now over the years I've taught quite a lot of meditation and relaxation and I've really come to the understanding that the more one can deeply relax one's body, the more one can approach what might be considered a state of meditation. Now, getting to uh, try to meditate and do it effectively to de-stress can also be very stressful. So, um, yeah, that's a bit of a paradox that uh, many people might find. Uh, When you are very stressed, I think it's really important to focus on the deep relaxation of your body. And something like yoga nidra, which is an exercise that takes you right through relaxing each part of the body, can be really very helpful. It can actually get you in touch with your body. And we find, as we mentioned in the first program, that cancer patients are going through and have gone through a lot of trauma. And in going through that trauma, they can actually have some dissociation through the trauma. And this is called post-traumatic stress syndrome or post-traumatic stress disorder. So for people who have this condition, who try to meditate, in other words, just sit still and still the mind, find it's really stressful and it doesn't work. So if you're one of those people, uh, some of the following information might be able to uh, help you to get to that level of relaxation where you know that you're carrying it through your day. Now, the time gaps and learning about the relaxation response are two very simple, very helpful circuit breakers which stop the build up of chronic stress throughout your day. All you have to remember to do is to do them, and that's often the trick as well. When I have patients come into my practice and I'm talking to them about stress reduction, I'll often send them an email seven days in a row and just a little reminder and say, have you remembered your time gaps today? Until these time gaps be actually become a part of your normal day-to-day living, anything that we do for long enough can become a habit and time gaps and relaxation response certainly can as well. So meditation means many things to many people. Um, It's actually, let's call it relaxation all the way through rather than meditation because meditation does have that sort of spiritual aspect to it of sitting down and wound up like a pretzel and sitting in lotus and trying to steal your mind, which doesn't work for most people. Um, I think primarily the practice of relaxation and specifically when this um, is linked to health and and recovery, and it's quite important, it's actually not designed to space you out. So if you find if you're trying to do this relaxation or a meditation and you're sort of disappearing in the process and you come to and you think, oh, an hour's gone by, where have I been? Um, you haven't actually been present to enjoy the meditation or get the benefits physiologically and biochemically of that meditation. So it's not designed to space you out and separate you out from awareness and consciousness. Um, These exercises basically should be designed to space you in, uh, into yourself and to become more present. And cross-culturally, Indigenous people have a really nice saying, and it's, in order to heal, you need to be present. So in order to heal, you need to be present. You need to show up. And this is another way of saying, let's look at the dissociative disorders that can come about through the effect of trauma, and let's help someone to come home to actually come home to themselves and in shamanic circles this is actually it does have a name called soul retrieval where um, it's recognized that somebody has disengaged from the physicality of their body now this can happen so much uh, for cancer patients for instance people who have a mastectomy or people who have colon removed and um, you know you might be living with a bag so there's a huge change in self-image now when that happens we tend to dissociate from those areas of the body and um, I'm here guilty as charged because I've done it myself and in fact uh, knowing what I know from my previous work when that actually happened to me it was great that i had the knowledge and the tools of how to bring myself back into full conscious awareness and to not dissociate from the part of my body that was actually traumatized and i really think that this helps people tremendously to deal with all kinds of trauma so meditation and relaxation tends to have had a lot of mystique um, surrounding it um, for meditation, as I said before, it's been commonly associated with the spiritual pursuits, and I think to uh, describe meditation is a very, very difficult thing because if you've never meditated before, um, how do you describe it to someone? Someone said once it was like trying to describe the taste of a banana if if someone had never eaten one. So, it's meditation classically isn't an easy process to incorporate into our hustle and bustle of our busy western lives so we need to find some other ways of doing it just to recap we've got time gaps and we've got the circuit breakers by using the relaxation response so i think for our purposes today uh, we'll just concentrate here on restoring health and accelerating healing and stimulating immunity through the ability of relaxation If it's your first time doing relaxation, there's many pitfalls, of course, as there is with most things that one pursues. So it's really good to put this into doable, logical, easy theory, um, so that people don't give up because they become frustrated. So it's helpful to know what you're doing. It's helpful to know how to do it. If you haven't done any practice of relaxation before and you want some assistance also, get yourself um, a recommended CD that actually walks you through a full-body relaxation. This is a very inexpensive way of, um, of doing your relaxation. The issue is that you just have to be present and just have to focus on it enough so that you don't disappear and kind of lose the plot completely and go to sleep. And sometimes when you go to sleep, it's actually because you're tired. And for the first time, you are relaxing, but you don 't want to make a habit of that because um, a sleep relaxation rest is very different in its biochemical effect than say a mindfulness um, deep relaxation so they're not therapies per se. this is really important to um, to talk about because there's been a lot of misinformation about things like meditation being curative for people 's cancer. Meditation relaxation is an adjunct. It helps to make your life better so that you make better decisions and better choices and so that you're not making those cascade of hormones and other body chemicals that are actually impairing your healing process. So if you're looking for the perfect practice, I suggest you um, get a mat for the floor and to actually try lying down to do your relaxation starting with your feet. And if you don't have a CD, again, this is very simple. It's very easy. You can just lie down on the floor. Notice where your body's touching the floor. And you can actually talk yourself through a relaxation from your feet right up to your head. And if you notice yourself disappearing, use the relaxation response. Use your deep breath to stay present and to bring yourself back. So there's a lot of misinformation around um, about these techniques. Do remember they are value-add, they are important, but they're not curative. So if you're doing conventional medicine um, and maybe you've got some fear around what you're doing in the conventional medicine, rather than sort of going off and thinking, oh, maybe I should be doing alternative, try something simple, just like relaxation. Because this can really help to dispel the fears, sometimes they're rational and sometimes they're irrational. Sometimes they're conscious fears, sometimes they're unconscious fears. So having a practice like this can really help you to work through and to then get better value. And this is what I've found over the years in working with so many thousands of people, that when they apply simple nutritional and lifestyle changes, and I mean very simple, Um, when they start to become conscious of their stress and how it's impacting their life and find a solution, which is their just one thing, it flows through into how they're responding to their treatments. And I've had so many people who have been deemed palliative uh, and they come along and they'll do some groups or they'll come and see me individually and get the big aha and change their life for the better by just doing their stress reduction. When they add that, suddenly what they were doing as a palliative starts to work and they become curative. So it's it's a really important stage to move through and it's why I've really been emphasizing so much in these first three programs the importance of the stages one, two and three of healing. Because if you do start to use this as your compass, you will find that the rest of your healing program starts to become more easeful and it starts to be a gentler way of healing profoundly so let's have a look at doing a small relaxation exercise how do you actually begin and what can you actually do so we've talked about lying on the floor and doing a complete body relaxation Um, you're going to have to have some determination some perseverance you'll have to write this in your diary probably in the beginning just as you would with your other um, relaxation short circuit breakers and I think what you can start to expect from this is when you're getting this build up into the bank account, you're going to notice you feel different and other people might notice it first. You might notice that you're not responding so um, quickly, perhaps to stressors that you have in your life. So the second thing is experimenting with your breath. And you can just sit still anywhere and just notice your breath going in and going out. And we breathe all the time, but we actually don't notice that we're breathing. And These uh, simple steps of just noticing breath, counting breath in, counting breath out can be a huge deposit into your bank account. So we don't have to do all that pretzel stuff. We don't have to sit in lotus and we don't have to try to think of nothing because guess what? When you're focusing on your breath, your thoughts dissipate anyway. It's a very simple way of just doing profound relaxation. So we're coming up to another break and we're going to be back again and talking about how one can transform one's life in navigating the cancer maze. We'll be looking at other ways of um, reframing your illness and using it as a transformation alongside the three stages of healing model and the compass for navigating the maze. We'll be back soon.
2: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Holvung Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240.
2: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Guller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480 You may also send an email to institute at gracegahler.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Hi, Grace Gahler here again, and we're back with
1: our final segment of Navigating the Cancer Maze. So just in recapping, there's a few techniques there that you can use to find some stress reduction. There's a number of good books uh, around on this. For women with breast cancer, my book, Women of Silence, goes through a number of different ways of looking at stress reduction, especially for women with breast cancer at all stages. And that is available on an e-book, which can be mailed to you and ordered through the Institute's website. In this final segment, I'd like to focus upon transformational healing and using the journey of cancer as a process of transformation. I've always looked at this as if, well, there's two ways to go here. You can become a victim or a victor and that it actually is a choice. And when I went through my own situation with my bowel removal, I really discovered that for myself that this has a lot of truth in it and I had a choice as to whether I could go with the losses and stay stuck, and that's a way of also saying stuck in the maze. I could stay stuck with those losses, or I could make a choice as to how I could live well with what I had, and um, it was a really profound choice. I'd like to share with you just briefly um, a story from a patient of mine, and I'm going to read it in her words um, rather than just tell it to you because I think it's a really uh, great story about how she navigated the maze, and it brings out a lot of points from today's uh, program. So her name is Jan. Um, This story was written in 1994. I'm pleased to say that Jan is still with us and I receive Christmas cards from her each year, which is also a treat. Jan writes, I had a mastectomy after a diagnosis of carcinoma of the breast. Five weeks later, I returned to my work as a family therapist working with children and families in violent and sexually abusive situations. This was a week after my husband had an emergency appendectomy. One month later, he had a breakdown and would not return to full-time work for six months. We were struggling in our 22-year-old marriage, and so I took up full-time work and followed steps to take my master's. I kept wondering if I'd made enough changes to prevent getting secondaries, but I'd made myself too busy to think much about it. Two years later, A 1.5-inch by 3-inch mass was discovered in the right lobe of my liver, and a 1-inch one was scattered through the left lobe. I was utterly devastated and full of self-blame for not making the necessary changes, full of guilt for my children's sakes, and I was very angry. The doctors basically wrote me off saying there was a small chance that tamoxifen would help, and I reluctantly decided to go on it. Tamoxifen is um, an anti-hormone drug, and this lady had a highly hormone-sensitive tumour, by the way. I attended a self-help program, and I learned a lot. There were so many factors, including my perfectionist nature, living my life according to others' expectations, pleasing behaviours, and feeling highly responsible that it was up to me to make other people feel better, and so on. So I felt it was like months of misery combined with a sense of panic And I was really concerned that I didn't have the positive attitude I needed to heal myself. But on the bright side, I was also aware for the first time that I was allowing myself to feel negative emotion. Instead of burying or denying them, as I'd always done, out of fear, as well as not wanting to show emotion, just in case others might judge me, I was really good at holding on. It was time to let go. And another year later, I decided to begin to face the prospect of death moving past denial. And she says, oh, it's so painful to face one's negatives as a result of my terrible prognosis. You know, 30% live two years, 5% 10 years, etc. A little time after, I repeated the self-help program and began seeing a psychologist. And he's been a wonderful support for me. I realized then I could not return to part-time work and study as I'd planned to. Whilst I felt well, I still needed to learn how to break the busy pattern of my life and be still and quiet on the inside. This was very traumatic as I faced a deep detachment to my identity as a therapist, senior team member and public servant. And if I wasn't those things, who was I? Investigations later that year showed there were no tumours left in my liver. I was elated and I had a party to thank all my friends and my poor parents who'd been so distressed for all their prayers, their support, I really thanked them. And so many of their friends and relatives had also prayed for my recovery. I gave it all, I learned relaxation, I looked after my nutrition, I did a little bit of juicing, some vitamin supplements, I began to exercise and most importantly I began to take time for me. I've never taken time for me before. I certainly do it differently now. Kids shouldn't be protected. They know anyway because it was a tough year. I adjusted to living alone after 24 years of being a single parent, having no money, selling the family house, and being like my former clients on a disability pension. I discovered I had had no real sense of who I was after all the years of living according to others' expectations, after all the counselling that I'd done with other people. And in my own healing, I began to accept that obstacles are a part of life, but they're also a major opportunity for growth and transformation." So that's Jan's story, and I think it's a very common story from the people that come through my groups and come through my practice. And these common denominators are here, the no time for self, the being over busy. The letting stress catch up on one is really uh, very potent in the stories of all of these people. And I collect so many stories. Um, My filing cabinets are full of people's stories. And it's these common denominators that I can take out of those stories and then pass on to other folks. When I wrote Women of Silence, the Emotional Healing of Breast Cancer, I actually wrote a poem that I felt distilled all the stories that were building up in my filing cabinet. And I'd like to uh, recite that poem for you today because it is a distillation of all that we've been talking about so far. So here we go, Women of Silence. Women of Silence, gentle and strong. Tell me your path where it first went wrong. Tell me your story, how you've coped with your life. Tell me about all the trouble and the strife. I see how you've coped with holding your pain. And I feel your soul weeping. And yet you refrain from sharing your losses, your griefs and your fears. But you know they multiply over the years. Until one day your inner wisdom says, no more. And you awake from an illness, a fiery core that's fueled by a lifestyle out of control. Too much, held too often, has taken its toll. It's time to rethink and reassess how it's been and develop a strategy previously unseen. For there is a way to heal with heart and great passion and let go of withholding that was always your fashion. Nurture yourself and make yourself whole. Live your life fully and realize your goals. Women of silence, gentle and strong, find the courage to heal and to sing your heart's song. So in that poem, it says it all. And it talks in that poem about the three stages model, about how we can go from, the stressful stage, the withholding stage, the coping stage, to transferring your life over the bridge from the will to live to the will to heal and then transferring your life over another bridge into the will to serve purpose. In other words, finding meaning in what you've been given in life, transforming it. I think I mentioned in the last program that life is like a card game. It's not about being dealt a good hand, but how you play a bad hand well. And that's how I see many people going through and out the other end of the cancer maze. They've found their direction. So, we're coming to the end of our program today. We'll be back next week at 12 noon Pacific time with the more of the what to do's, who to see and how to find the information that you need to safely navigate the cancer maze should you or a loved one be diagnosed with cancer. You can go away from today's program with your compass, your just one thing principle, you know how to create your heap high chart and how to deposit into your personal account and how to deal with day-to-day stress. I look forward to speaking with you again next week. I'm Grace Gawler, and we'll be once again navigating the cancer maze.
0: Thank you again for listening to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Please join your host, Grace Gawler, again next Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, cancer is not something you have to face alone.